Okay, Bella, if we can put that first slide up. Okay. And let's see if this thing is, is working. There we go. 2023. Here we go. Okay. Has it got automatic um, thing? It should be fine. Yeah. Okay, the road ahead. The road is long. Okay. I don't know about you, but I have expectation. Every year we, we say we have expectation, but through what we've walked through, this year is different. Okay, and we are beginning with the road ahead of us. When we started 2020, we all said, here we go, not knowing what was coming. Okay, and what came? All this trauma that we walked through over the last couple of years and stuff. But what happened? It proved and showed to us that we will stand strong no matter what comes our way. We don't know what lies ahead of us. You don't know what lies ahead this year, the things that might take place. But despite all that, we know we have hope in the mighty God. Amen. We have hope in a king that goes beyond the grave, that goes beyond this life, that is in for eternity. And that's why we have hope. That's why we live by faith as we set our sights toward what God is saying to us as a community and the church as a whole. God is speaking and he's making very clear to us what he's asking of us and what he wants to do in the season. So I'm going to ask Amy to come and share with you a vision that she had about an army. And I'm going to share a vision, an encounter that I had with the Lord 10 years ago, almost to the day. And uh, her work, her, your vision aligns exactly with what I'm going to say. So, Amy, go for it. Yeah, yeah um, two weeks ago during the worship, before Kathleen even preached, I got this vision of a massive army. The army wasn't complete yet. The army was still being formed. But on the sides of the army were almost like a valley. You could call it a valley or you could call it the waves, the ocean, when the Israelites were crossing the sea. Um, they had the waves on the side, or you could have a cliff, the rocky cliffs on the other side. So there, it was definitely a valley, but it wasn't distinct, but it was also dark. Um, and what I saw was this army being formed, and it was God's army. They were equipped with swords and shields, and they had, they had um, crosses on, the, on their shields, and they had a cross on their heart. So they're fully equipped. But at the back of the army, you could see that there were still people coming in, but they were being pulled from the earth and put into this army from God. And this army had a feeling that they were about to march. They were waiting for the command because they wouldn't move without it. And they had that feeling of, is it time to go? When is it time to go? We're waiting for this command from the Lord. And then just to explain the people on the earth, the Lord was picking them up from the earth. It was a spiritual army. It was people that were alive. Not people that had passed on and gone to the Lord. It was alive people, alive in the spirit. And the only way to be chosen into that army is with Jesus in your heart. And the people on the earth had that feeling of, you know, when you're being picked for a game and you want to be chosen, and I hope I'm not chosen last, and do I get chosen at all? Um, so a lot of people had that almost anxiety or that, that feeling of, am I going to be picked? Um, and then I asked my mom about this because she's always got a scripture to match it. And she gave me Isaiah 12, 11, 12 in the King James Version. And he shall set up an ensign for the nations and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah for, from the four corners of the earth. <laughs> and she actually looked up the meaning of ensign, which is interesting only in the King James Version. And the meaning is... In the scriptures, a banner or a standard around which people gather in a unity of purpose or identity. In ancient times, an ensign served as a rallying point for soldiers in battle. Yeah. And then this morning, just thinking on it, a little slightly off the track, but the Lord definitely placed this on my heart this morning. Um, it's Joel 3, 14 to 16. It reads, Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision... For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The sun and moon will be darkened, and the stars no longer shine. The Lord will roar from Zion and thunder from Jerusalem. The earth and the heavens will tremble, but the Lord will be a refuge for his people, a stronghold for the people of Israel. Another word for valley of decision is also known as the valley of Jezophat, which means God has judged. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you, Amy. Fantastic. 
So I think God is talking to us about this army that I've said to you a while ago. We're not in a battle anymore, folks. We're in a war. What we're standing up to, the things that are playing out around us. So on the, on the 10th of January, 2013, I, I had an encounter with the Lord sitting in my man cave reading a book by J. John on the Ten Commandments. Okay, and he was just kind of speaking about the relevance of the Ten Commandments today. And as I was sitting reading, and I've shared this over the years and stuff, but I haven't shared this for many years, and many of you don't know this. But I was, I was sitting back reading this book, and I was, I was taken into this vision. I remember just sitting back and being drawn into this vision that God was speaking to me, because He wanted to talk to me about what I was walking into. Now, we started leading church, the Bay, on the, in February 2014. Okay, and he, and, he, and he said to me, a commanding angel. So firstly, I was drawn into this passageway corridor led by somebody with these massive, it was like a library of a wall of books on either side of me. And I was led through this library to a place and the person leading me said, a commanding angel wants to speak with you and has a question for you. And I was led out of this kind of room into a, into a massive, vast big area that was almost like a sci-fi movie, but it was like clearly a war zone. And there was a battle going on. And it was the angelic fighting in the spiritual realm. And there were these angelic that were undercover in the demon's kind of foothold and stronghold. And, and, and one of those commanding angels wanted to speak to me. And he came up to me. And he, he was dressed in like a, he was um, not camouflaged, but um, like an undercover, basically looking like the rest, or, or like the opposition, basically. And I looked at him and I thought, like, your eyes are pure. Your eyes are beautiful. Those are going to give you away in this environment. And I realized, well, the demonic probably really don't make a lot of eye contact. It's always fidgety and like they all look over the place, you know. Like, and so I thought he's going to be okay. And he came up to me and he said, are you prepared to lead an army? And I, and I, and I, and I want to read these words that I typed out as a, because these are, these are important. And I said, yes, I'm prepared to lead an army. And he proceeded to tell me and inform me that angels have been positioned in every corner. Interesting, you read Isaiah 11, the four corners of the earth. Every corner for the final onslaught. Okay, he continued to tell me that the start of 2024 was significant to gather your troops and high-ranking officers that will be willing to fight alongside you. The year of 2013, you will go and get your stripes. 2014, you are to gather your army. And call these people together. Okay? Which was significant about the final onslaught that's coming. What's now the narrative that's speaking out? End times. Okay? And those to stand alongside that are going to fight in this war and this army and that together. And as I was led out, I was led back through this library and I asked the person, I said, what is this place? He said, these are the books of revelations. For every single person that has a revelation of who the things of God are, they are recorded in their book. Meaning, it will never be stolen and can never be taken away from them. It's recorded in your book. You have a book of, the, like Kathleen was saying, the revelation of Jesus. It's recorded in that book that you understand that. So I said, well, I want to see my book. And I want to see what's written about my revelation of what I understand. And he handed me my book. And my first revelation that I'd understand it as a young kid, besides knowing Jesus is king, it was a, a moment when I was nine or ten years old, and I was sitting in a church meeting, and I can't remember, I know the, the place, it was the Bergfleet Scout Hall in Bergfleet. Okay, 1988 kind of time, 87 kind of time. And 86 even. <clears throat> 87, yeah, anyway. 87, 88. And, uh, and I remember sitting there, and the guest preacher came up to preach, and as he came up to walk to the lectern, I in my mind went, mm, when I preach one day, all I'm going to say is one word when I get up to preach. I'm going to get up and preach and say, repent. <laughs> and, and people will kind of respond to the things of the Lord. The revelation that was recorded because of that thinking and process was that my words and your words carry power because it's not your words, it's the Holy Spirit working through your words that affect the hearts of the people. And that was one of my first revelations in my book that was recorded. And then I was led out through this passageway and I came out almost like through a manhole. And the place I came out was in Cape Town City Center in the parliamentary buildings where all the government stuff is set in place. Which is very interesting how God is teaching us that everything about His kingdom is governmental. 
The family's governmental, the church is governmental, the army it's governmental in our authority and how we operate. And I, and, I, and I felt led to go and stand up on that road overlooking Cape Town on Table Mountain and the road that leads just, just under the mountain, overlooking the city. And the Lord said to me, the hosts and there are myriads of angels waiting for your words to be set into action. Okay. And it's important I, I share that with you because what we're going to do here today is we are going to record on pieces of paper what we feel God is speaking to us about our assignments and our mandates and what He's calling us to do. Yes, for our lives, it could be a longer period of time or it could be just something I'm going to commit to this year. Without that encounter, 10 years almost to the day, I don't think I would have walked through all the stuff we've walked through over the last 10 years. Because your, the, the conviction of your revelation, the conviction of God's Word to you is going to be tested. Okay, it's going to be tested and refined by fire. Okay, it gets tested through people who are willing to run with you of what you are believing for and trusting for. They had many people around that time petrified that this youngster now that's stepping up to lead this church is talking that we're going to gather his army. Whoa, 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 whoa. Like, we don't have to be all like, you know, paratia and military kind of stuff. I was very serious about what God was speaking to me about. It's, you know my heart now. It's not about order and regiment and kind of process. It's about obedience to the voice of God and commitment to what He asks us to do. And if we don't do that, we squander what it is to see the kingdom of God advanced through us. He works through us. He co-labors with us. And that's why I've never ever, in leading this community, have WhatsApped you and said you need to be at church on Sunday. It's the first time ever in nine years we are serious about what God is speaking to His people in this time and this hour. And we are going to commit ourselves to what the Lord is telling us. Not what I'm telling you, what the Spirit of God is speaking to you about what we're walking into this season. And that, it was significant, that, that picture, that, that vision, that assignment and mandate is carrying me and will carry me until I hit the grave one day. That I can look back over my life and say, well, I did what the Lord had told me to do. You, we are an army, folks. And I see the people that God has rallied around us to stand strong. Despite all the ups and downs of life, we keep going. We keep believing. We keep trusting God. So I want to just wrap up a few things about a few verses here for you to understand. It's interesting, Andy, that first song you sang was so brilliant, the words about, you know, just wasting my life and living and seeking the kingdom. We all know this verse, Matthew 6, 33 and 34. It says, So above all, constantly seek God's kingdom and His righteousness then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. Tomorrow will care for itself. Yeah. Worry about today now. Hear what I'm saying now. I know there are many, the years got going, now you're already thinking Monday. Pressure, there's lots I've got to do, everything's kind of happening, all the bosses are giving you vision and things we're going to achieve this year and the, 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 the strategies we've got in place, the, 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 the budgets, the, all these things in place. That's all part and parcel of what you need to do to be able to earn an income and to serve in this world and to do those things, but you seek first the kingdom and your life surrendered to the kingdom of God, then the, 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 the order is set in place. You live your life as a sacrificial offering to God. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. I offer my body as a living sacrifice, meaning I surrender to the way I want to do things. I surrender to how I feel things should be on my terms. That's a big one, folks. In the world we live in today, everybody does what they want to do. And when we serve the king, we do what he wants to do through and in us. It's not on your terms, okay, because it's from a place of surrender. It's essentially us relenting control. And truly trusting His words. Those are His words to us. His, that's His words. Those are in red letters. The Son of God, He would never lie to you. Trust Him. Trust Him. Just seek my kingdom. Seek me first, He says. And His righteousness. Just live in that place. And you watch. You watch what I will do. You watch as you trust my voice as I speak in and through you. Watch what I will do. You can test me on these things about the finances. He says that. And we refuse to worry about tomorrow. Because this centers on two things. And this is Farnes' words echoing in my head. Identity and purpose. Identity and purpose. If you are not secure in those two things, the road ahead will seem long and unsure. But with identity 
and the understanding of the purpose that I have for God, I can look at the road ahead and go, I'm secure in the things of God. And I want to root things today in this passage of Ephesians 3, verses 14 uh, to 21, I think it is. So I want to read the whole section. This is Paul, his second, his second prayer in the book of Ephesians, where he's praying over the church. So remember, this is a prayer that is being spoken over your heart. He's saying, he's imploring them, listen to me. This is his cry of his heart. So I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on the earth. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Wow, that's a bit better than the manual you're reading at work about how things are going to look out this year. Read this manual. That'll give you some insight. Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you. And the resting place of His love will become the very source and root of your life. See, the founding and the foundation of Christ being the center of everything. See, it stirs faith in our heart just reading this. Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences. The magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. The love of Christ is not just in one dimension, all dimensions. How deeply infinite and far-reaching is His love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Just, just, think, just think the fullness of God. Think about what that is in you. We have no excuse we have everything that's been given to us for life and godliness by His divine power. Peter, 1 Peter speaks about the divine nature that is now inside of you. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. Now, some of you are reading that doubting. Well, I don't know. Do you know him? Because that's who he is. Okay? Not wildest dreams and imagination according to your terms and what you want. It's according to his will for your life. And then when you look in your life over it and you realize, good grief, look what played out over my life. Look what God did. There it is. Okay? And it's not about being the big one with a million likes on Facebook and thinking that's beyond your wildest dreams. And thinking, look, what, look at the influence I am. It might be the one faithfully, like I always refer to your mom, who just faithfully prayed. And she got a hero's welcome when she went to heaven. That's all it is. Doing according to what he's asked you to do. To the core. Not trying to prove it to the world to say, look how amazing I am. Exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all. For his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Errol, experience that through the onslaught of the enemy to lie to him and the trauma of what he went through lying in hospital three years ago now, two years ago in, with COVID and the trauma that the enemy was trying to cripple him with. The power of the Almighty God broke free and energized him. That was a different error you saw this morning from the guy a few weeks ago. That's the power of God to you. Now we offer up to God all the glorious praise that rises from every church. <laughs> Think of this, every church, okay, in every generation through Jesus Christ. And all that will yet be manifest through time and eternity. What a prayer. Paul is praying over this now. Now I want to hone in on just one verse. This verse 16. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods you, your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. There's a few things there now. When Paul keeps speaking a little bit further there about the dimensions of love, and it speaks about the four things of love, how the breadth, the width, the width, the depth, the height of love. Many have kind of thought that this must be the cross. It's related to the cross because the four angles of the cross, the four 
I heard a guy speaking, and I believe this. This is referring to the throne of God. His four-dimensional throne. Okay, that everything, everything that we have operates, comes from the throne of the living God. All authority we have comes from the throne. All dominion and everything that's operated is God seated on His throne, ruling over all things. All dominion, all power, all authority, all glory, all strength, all wisdom, all might, all power is His. And we are His children under that, pro, under that place of authority. I taught you and everyone that joins the church through Connection Point, I will teach you on the Greek word called Enopian. That we are enabling, enabled to stand before the throne of God, who is that God with all dominion, authority, and power, we have been given access to stand before His throne. That encounter that I had with God was drawn into that place. And God speaking to me and commissioning through His, through his word and talking to me about, I've got a mandate for you to do. It's in that place of His glory that He speaks to us. You see, he's, he, Paul is praying this prayer over the church so that they can walk in their God-given authority to see the kingdom advance. And the biggest drive of kingdom advance is what Amy's picture was, people being added. There's a harvest of souls that is coming in this season that people will suddenly start seeing the realities of the kingdom of God is the one that operates with truth. Not the kingdoms of this world that will fade and, and, and keep people leaving them um, longing and crying out for more. The key words here... Riches and supernatural strength. I want to touch on these words. I preached this a number of years ago here, but I'm just refreshing here so that we understand what we're talking about. That word, riches, okay, Paul is taking from the meaning of the financial world and speaking about money and riches, but he's speaking about a flow. See, when you have riches, it, the money just flows. Wealth and resource just flows. You just have a flow, endless supply. What he's saying to us here is that you have an endless supply of authority, an endless supply of love and power from the throne of the Almighty God. It never dries up. You are the one that caused the hindrance between what God wants to do through you because of sin, because of guilt, because of shame, and because of, I don't know, I don't know, I'm not worthy enough, I don't know. I'm going to prove to you today that what Paul is saying to you, you are, and he's given you everything that enables you to be able to do that. The second word, supernatural strength. And even Errol mentioned these words this morning, starting this meeting, that you'll have strength. These words that speak about this, this word specifically, okay, and he's talking about, okay, is this, it's called the Greek word, kratayu, There's no Greek scholars in the room, so by shame you can see I'm not pronouncing it correctly. This is a Greek word called kratuya, okay, meaning, okay, we've been strengthened to do what God has ordained and scripted for us to do. Your book is written in heaven. It's been scripted for you to walk into the will of God. So yes, you see, it's the power of God upon you when you get saved. It's the Spirit of God that comes alive and inside of you when you are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit to equip you and empower you and unlocks things inside of you. Then it's the power of flowing through you that you are a vessel for the Almighty God. In you, to you, through you. That's how He operates. That's how we affect people, with our words, with our actions, with the love that we have in this world, okay? And this word, katuya, okay, is, it, it, means, it means strengthened to empowering you to be able to fulfill the mandate God has called you to do, okay? This, so, sorry, so it derives from the word called kratos. So you have a root word, and the root word is kratos, and katuya is only found four times in the New Testament, Okay? Kratos, that word, the root word for kratuya, okay, only applies to God. It only speaks of Almighty God and in few occasions refers to the resurrected Christ of God. The word kratos essentially means that in Greek is such an uh, um, depth of language, like I've said to you, like love has four different meanings in English, in Greek. This word kratos carries incredible, far greater depth, meaning the highest, the highest, the highest, the highest authority that you can ever get, it's God. It only exalts Him and refers to Him. Okay? The root word kratos, kratoya, meaning what Paul is praying over us for you to be strengthened in power. That it flows from the throne of the Almighty God. Okay? It means basically God's throne dominion. That everything He does operates from that place, the highest form of God's dominion. Okay, so now here's the key. This word, kratuya, is only used four times in the New Testament, but beautifully refers to two people 
who specifically had key mandates to unlock and to bring about the new order of the new covenant. This word is spoken over John the Baptist, and it's spoken over Jesus. And there's two verses that explain it. It's only used four times. One in Ephesians, there's one in Corinthians, where Paul's speaking to them and says, Men, be strong. And that's used the next two occasions on these two verses. Luke 1.80 says, Afterward, their son grew up and was strengthened by the Holy Spirit, and he grew in love in his love for God. John chose to live in the lonely wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. Meaning, everything that John needed to fulfill the mandate that God placed upon his life was given to him by God. Strengthened. Remember, this is the same word Paul used over us. That you would be strengthened and be able to do, live according to the things of God. Okay, I don't know what happened there. Next one. What happened? Bella? Uh, parents, sorry. Do you want to make an announcement quickly? Parents of who? Acorns 09. Acorns 09. Acorns 09, wherever you are, you're being called, you're being summoned. Oh, there we go. There's the guilty party. <laughs> sorry, but we're basically making... Uh, oh, there he is. He's got him. Okay. Right, it's spoken over John the Baptist. Then, just a little bit further down in Luke... Sorry, Bella, just click on the screen so that it activates it again. With a, with a mouse. Yeah, there we go. The child, this is speaking about Jesus. Now, the child grew more powerfully in grace, for he was being filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Now, Paul's using that same word that he's speaking in Ephesians, saying that you would be strengthened by supernatural power, enabling you to do what God's called you to do. The same mandate, the same assignment was given to John the Baptist and to Jesus. I want to tell you, we're in good company. We're in good company. That if John and Jesus had the same mandate placed upon their life, and that word is used over them, we have the same mandate, the same empowering, the same wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Everything you need has been given you, enabling you to do the things that God has called you to do. If you're not thinking, if you're thinking you can't, then you need to understand who Jesus is in your life. You need to know what He's called you to do. See, when I look back 10 years ago of having that vision... It's daunting. I can only tell you that I have come this far and we've got to this place because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing else. I'm not that good. I promise you. Only listening to the Holy Spirit, leading and guiding every step through trauma, through trials, through oppositions, through all sorts of things, you stand and you trust Him and then you look. See, if you read the disciples, none of them had it easy, man. If you were going to look at this stuff, every disciple was martyred. Because they knew they were strengthened by Almighty God to call Him what to do. And what do the disciples always pray for? Boldness. Boldness. Lord, just make us more bold. These oppositions, these people, just make us bold. We're going to continue doing what you've called us to do. Okay? All right. Um, yeah. So what, what we're going to do before we get there is, okay, these, these tables... Robin, if we could maybe get them ready on the tables here with pieces of paper, okay? And we are going to now, it's not because of what I'm saying here, okay? It's what, why I message you during the week that you come in your spirit prepared to what God is speaking to you about. You see, my, I know what my assignment is. My assignment is to lead a community. And what God is starting to do with us as a community is open up the spheres of influence and we're going to talk to you over the next few weeks about what's going to be happening here in February as we are launching something that's beyond the four walls of this building, reaching out, partnering and running with other churches across our city and across our nation and other nations. Okay? There's things coming to us because of faithfulness, because of trusting the voice of God. And so I know that assignment is to walk in continuing what God has called me to do. Okay? And what we're going to do on a piece of paper, again, and just to guide you and help you here, Look, look at all the things that are happening okay, within the life of the church. There, oh, no, no, there's about 20 different things there taking place. Okay? I'm not telling you now you need to do this because it's to make this ministry and this church better. Look at, look at all these things that are taking place. The ones with stars, single star, are in the process of being developed. The one with young adults is to be developed. Okay? That's still coming. But all these things are activated areas where if you feel God speaking to you, say, you know what, it's time this year, I am definitely going to help with the youth. Um, I'm definitely going to get involved with the prayer watch. I'm definitely going to, I want to help with the marriage course. I want to be part of Connection Point. 
to see when new people come in and part of it. I'm not doing this so that we can make this ministry and church better. Please, you get me by now. It's not about that. We're doing this to activate you into action. Because we can't keep coming and sit here on a Sunday and just suck it all up and go, this is incredible, this is amazing. If you want to grow in the things of God, you've got to put your hands to the wheel. Faith without works is dead. And I'm, see, I'm not, I'm not saying it's action and running around and doing more and adding to my plate. It might just be prayer. You might just be saying to God, God, this year, I'm going to read my Bible continuously. Let it be. But the point of a local church is that this is the position and place where your character and your gifts are nurtured. It starts here. And many people are, well, you know, I've got, you, you can go beyond these four walls and go and do and expand. There are many of you that do stuff. Run with that stuff. But the starting point is serving those that are around you and in this community. And this is where character is nurtured. This is where your gifts are nurtured and trained and brought to the fore and operating in. You see, when I was a 12 or 13-year-old, maybe 14, I don't know. It was at Tama Hall Primary. That's another place we used to meet at school. I started teaching kids' work. I remember having these six or seven-year-olds as a 14-year-old trying to, um, you know, herd cats, basically. But that was the start. I knew. I knew. Look what's happening now. It started there just by serving and just wanting, to, just wanting to give, just wanting to help, just wanting to see children kind of come alive with the things of God. These are just guidelines, okay, for you that if you want to put your hand to the wheel and help within this community, but what God is saying to you to do, there it is, okay? Because it's important understanding the times that we're living in. And this is essentially knowing your place and your portion of the wall. So God said to me about 2023, it's activation. Start with yes. So 2023 said activate. As an, an activation meaning arise as we break off limitations of the shackles of thinking and limitations will break off of us. I think I said it last week in my half-sleeping state about Forrest Gump kind of stuff. When he ran and the shackles kind of broke off his legs, that's what's happening with the church. There's momentum starting to take place with us, okay? And we are rising within these areas. Okay, so what we're all going to do is there's a piece of paper. You can fold the paper in two, like such. You're going to write your name on the front, okay? Because it's accountability to yourself, because we're going to give this back to you. And you write your name on the front, and on the inside, you are going to write, my kingdom assignment and commitment for 2023 is... And you are going to, before the Lord, not, it's not, not, uh, get this right, I'm not telling you to do this. If you don't feel ready to do this, don't do it. Because you're going you're to produce Ishmael's, false starts. Do what the Lord is telling you to do. Say, so Lord, my kingdom assignment and commitment this year is, and you know, he's talking to you. And then in June, July, we're going to refresh ourselves. We're going to look at this again. And the end of the year, we're going to look at these. And we're going to see whether we've actually just walked out in faith and walked out in obedience what called us to do. Now, don't, don't go beyond the scope of what you're saying God's telling you. Don't say, I'm going to plant a church in Timbuktu this year. Don't try and be proud before God. Humble yourself with the simplicity of commitment to Him. See, all the songs you're singing this morning, seek the kingdom and just, oh, I don't want to waste my life before Him. Okay? Because, yeah, it's key. I was, we, many years I spoke about running in the lanes that we run in. Okay. Tina was speaking to me the other day too, and he said what he feels God speaking to him about is this, this time we're in is a time of the circumcision of our hearts, and God positions us. But he said the next word is consecration. See, we are walking into our 21 days of prayer and fasting that's going to be beginning now in February. This is going to be our eighth time we do this as a community. And almost like eight is like a new beginning. We've done it faithfully. It's, it's, this is a very different 21 days of praying fasting. This is probably our most crucial one. What God is speaking to us as a community, that we are going together in what God's saying to us and activating us to trust Him, to believe, and to see what the kingdom is doing and working in and through us. So let's just take a moment, okay? And we can maybe just put some gentle music on there. One instrumental, possibly, without words, would be helpful. And I want you now to take a moment. We're going to take a few minutes and ask for the Lord what, you, what He's asking you to do this year. Okay, remember, it's not to make this community and this church 
ministry more and more. It might be outside the four walls that you're going to commit to. But you're going to give your everything to the kingdom this year. Let's just pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father, we thank you that you enabled, you empowered John the Baptist. You enabled, you empowered your son Jesus to come and walk and fulfill everything that they've been called to do. And Paul's prayer was the same over the church, that you would be strengthened and you would be empowered to be able to fulfill what the Lord is calling you to do. And so, Father, I pray by your Spirit now, you speak to every heart. And the thing I felt during the week was that there's a number of us here and a number of people that are still guilty over this last festive season. And you've started this year feeling, gee, I messed that one up. Okay? And what that does, guilt clouds your thinking. You don't have clarity. And you can't see clearly what God's saying to you. So now, Almighty God, by the power of your blood, we plead your grace and your mercy over every heart and mind here this morning, and we release clarity. Confess your sins to Him. Run to the cross. Run to the covenant of His love and His blood that is for you. And now, Jesus, from this place of knowing that we are free and we're not bound by the things of this earth and we walk according to your plans and your purpose upon our lives, I pray you speak with clarity over every heart that we will run for you this year, that we will be committed to what you are saying to us, Almighty God. And you know what that is. You know what it is. So we lay our lives before you, Lord, as, you, as we walk into a season of consecration, of serving only you, not our own agendas, not what we can get out of this, but to give you honor and glory with our lives. Committed to you, Almighty God. And we're going to take the next five, ten minutes that if you, when you feel ready, I want you to come up. There's two tables in the front here, one on each side of me. Fold that paper in half, write your name on the front, and you write there. Don't write, you don't have to write the full thing. My kingdom assignment and commitment for 2023 is, and you put it down. If you're not ready for that, we'll leave it yet for you for the next couple of weeks to fill it out. Because we are building up to on the 5th of March, we are going to consecrate ourselves during the month of February. We're going to fast. We're going to pray. We're going to lay our lives before God. We are going to commission every single one of you into what you've written on that paper. We're going to lay hands on you. We're going to anoint you with oil. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we're going to release you to run into that. But you have to consecrate yourself first. You have to surrender. You can't just come in jubilee or fine. God's a God of order and government. Okay. And he's wanting us to walk in purity before him. That's why Jesus came. Okay, so let's take the next few minutes. When you're ready, you can come up and write on the piece of paper prayerfully before the Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
Now just write your f full name on that piece of paper because there are some people that have got the same names and you're going to open up your mandate and think, I didn't say that. <laughs> yeah. See, it's remembering that, that some of us are already running in this. Some of us are already walking in this. It's just affirming and continuing of what we're doing. But it's a year of activation, folks. Activating into kingdom advance. Have we all had, a, all had an opportunity? had a chance okay, but. thanks Brian Bring it to the front here. Yes, I'll talk to you afterwards now. Yeah. I know, I heard so, yes. I know, that's amazing. Yes. I'll talk to you afterwards, I'll work it out. And as I look at these and I, and I hold them here, you know, the, the story I'm reminded of is the rich young ruler that came to Jesus. And he knew everything. He said, yeah, I know the commandments, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind and all your soul. And, you know, and Jesus said, give up, sell everything you have and then come and follow me. And he couldn't do it because the cost was too high. You see, this is, this is going to be costly. Nothing comes cheap for the kingdom of God and stuff. But we are doing this in faith, not before me, not before anyone, before almighty God. That we are saying our lives are yours, O oh God. And that rich young ruler that couldn't pay the price. We are saying, God, we are, we are prepared to pay the price. To surrender our lives, to give ourselves to you and the work of your kingdom. 
to see advance because it doesn't only happen within these four walls. The key is it happens tomorrow. Where you go as the light. You stand for righteousness. You do justice to people. And you serve them with everything that you have as you shine as a light to Almighty God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come, let's stand together and we just seal and pray of what God has done here this morning. We're going to do this uh, declaration together if we can, Bella. Okay? And then I'll pray over you guys as we go from this place. Activated into spiritual advancement for the kingdom of God. Amen? Come on. I think you must put um, full stops, but the head of everybody. I don't know why that's done. They've all done that. Okay, we'll just give her a moment. Yeah, let's just lift our hands. Father, we want to thank you for the price that you paid, the surrender that you, you gave for every one of us. We don't take lightly, oh Jesus, how you offered yourself as the perfect spotless lamp to pay and to cover for all my sins. All my guilt, all my shame has been taken. And now because of this position and Jesus, what you have done by making a way to the Father, we stand before the Almighty God and say, Lord, we commit to you. We commit to your kingdom, knowing that as the Ecclesia, we've been called out set apart once to arise in this world and at such a time as this that we're living the world is looking for a people to arise and shine to stand with righteousness and that is us that is who we are and so army of God I speak over you that you are being gathered you are being pulled together for purpose you are being gathered together with a mission to see the almighty God work in and through us to see the church arise, to see the church stand strong in these days and these hours. So we commit to what we've written on these papers, Lord. We commit our hearts to you, and we follow you with everything that we have this year. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Bella, we ready there? Okay, the scripture this is based upon is how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. God is with us. And this is a declaration of virtue and God's presence upon us. So let's do this together. Okay. Today, I decree that I experience encounters with God's tangible presence. I say that my mind, heart, and physical being feels and senses the power of the Almighty. May my bones be filled with supernatural life. I call upon the Lord to touch me in an unusual way and that a fresh anointing comes upon me. May the hand of God be upon me wherever I go. I say that every place I walk this day, the glory of the Lord shall go before me, stand beside me, and also be my protection from behind. Even as the anointing of the Lord was with Jesus, so shall that same anointing be upon me. I prophesy that heavenly gifts shall rest upon me, and that I am enabled to manifest the kingdom of heaven in all my circles of influence. I declare the presence of the Lord follows me, is here with me and upon me. Amen. 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 Let's lift our hands high to the Almighty God. Father, we ask that your anointing be upon us. We don't walk in our own strength. We thank you that we have been strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit, enabling us to fulfill these mandates, enabling us to fulfill these assignments that we are committed to. 
and continue to walk in to see your kingdom advance in these days. So we glorify you by the power of your blood and the power of your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Now please calmly go and collect your children. And if they're not ready, have a cup of coffee. Relax. Amen.